0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very, very much. What an incredible day it is today down here in beautiful Cabo San Lucas. It's about 80 degrees. Little tiny bit of breeze, just enough to keep the flies off you. It's a beautiful day down here. Thank you all for joining us. I appreciate it. My wife appreciates it. My monkey appreciates it. We're very happy to have you here with us today. We're waiting for a few more people to jump on here. What I want to tell you all, real quick, is what we forgot to mention yesterday, and I got a lot of text messages and a lot of phone calls about it. And I apologize for that. Gang, we're still having the the giveaway, the trip on bowline sport fishing for one lucky winner. All you have to do is go visit the store. I forgot to talk about it yesterday. and I apologize. Everyone was like, what happened to the contest? Yes, we're still having the contest, gang. All you got to do is go visit the store. I should have talked about it yesterday when we were talking about the shirts. If you wear a shirt to the show. Oh, it's nice to see you again. It was nice to meet you at the airport. All right, listen. If you show up at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing show with one of my shirts on, we're giving you free stuff. But if you go and you visit our store from now until February 1st, you're going to get entered into the contest to win that free charter on Bowline Sport Fishing to go bluefin tuna fishing with Justin Botrell. And uh, I'm going to go as a passenger and we can all kick back on the back deck and yell at Justin all day until he finds us a fish to catch. So, don't forget to go to my store go to my store, go to my store, go to my store. That's all you have to do is go to the store and that'll get you entered. And then you you never know, you might find something in the store you like. Hey Dino, how are you buddy? You might find something in the store you like, go to your saltwater guide, the store, check out all my merchandise. And that'll get you in the contest to win the the, uh, trip with Bowline Sport Fishing. Also, we have a big announcement. Bowline Sport Fishing running charter this weekend. Our open party, excuse me, open party trip this weekend. Long Beach Harbor, fishing lobsters. And gang, I know we got a little bit of weather came through yesterday. We got a whole quarter of an inch of rain. I know, big, big deal. Storm Watch. Well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there may be a real storm headed our way. The Pineapple Express, we used to call it. Now that's not the right name. So now it's the atmospheric wave or some baloney like that. Whatever. It may rain this weekend. It could be a great time to go hoop netting in Long Beach Harbor. Accompanied with that is a big swell, a lot of breeze. Big swell. The wind is going to blow extremely hard Saturday afternoon, all day Sunday. And that could, in front of that, could bring a big swell. And there could be a lot of movement in the harbor, and that could get things going. So check out Bowline's fork fishing. Check out Justin. Check out his operation. Hoop netting this weekend in Long Beach Harbor. He's got openings. It'll be a fun night out on the water. Something fun to do. Something cool to do to kick in the new year. I think that'd be awesome. You can give Justin a call. Bowline Sport Fishing. He'll get a hold of you. You send him a text message or a phone call, and he'll get a hold of you, and he'll get you all dialed in to go hoop netting with him. Kind of a nice deal, private, four people on a nice charter boat. So check that out. Don't forget to go to my store and check out our clothes. Check out our hats. Check out our coffee cups. That'll get you entered into the contest to win the trip with Justin. And Justin's over on Instagram right now. So those of you, his phone number, he just posted it over there. If you want to go hooping with him, I'll guarantee you four people are going to call him from the show. We get millions of views a day. So if you didn't call him, you better get through. His number is nine. 517039442 you got to call them quick those spots are going to go he's only got 4 all right we have a big following that love to fish all right gang so today we're talking about catching white sea bass and we're going to talk about how I go about it and I know I'm not known as the greatest white sea bass fisherman in southern california there's other people that have that title or need that title to, to conduct themselves in the business world. I was just blessed that I got to fish every single day for a living. And uh, in that course of fishing every single day for a living for 47 years, we, we were able to catch a few fish once in a while. So all I try to do is share my experience, strength and hope with you so that you can be better prepared When you go out there fishing for these uh, gray ghost white sea bass. And if you followed us at all the last few years, you know, sea bass have been tough to come by. But our clients have done fairly well. There's been a lot of nice scores on the sea bass. And I think this year we're going to turn the corner. I think we're in for a cold water year. The amount of squid that we're seeing everywhere up and down the coast. We haven't seen that for a very, very long time. And I think that bodes well for this white sea bass fishery because that fish has a tendency to always come around when the food's around. Well, most fish kind of follow the groceries. So that's probably why the white sea bass does also. But I think it's going to bode very well. And I think we need to talk about it a little bit before we get to that point where they start to bite. and People are going out of their minds. We have a whole section over on our website about white sea bass fishing at your saltwater guide. But today, our seminar, we're going to talk about a few of the pointers that are really going to help you to understand why you don't catch white sea bass. We're going to really... Oh, cool. Caught a white sea bass in the harbor. I've seen that a couple of times. But we're going to talk about why you probably go out there and you just can't seem to figure it out you just can't seem to figure it out first of all white sea bass gang have you seen one there's pictures of them on the internet you've probably seen your friends catch them before those of you that haven't been lucky enough to catch one but their mouth is out in front their mouth is not on the bottom their the mouth is not located where a shovel shovel-nosed shark's mouth is or a bat raised mouth or a any type of shark and if you're finding out that you are constantly these white sea bass are biting but you're constantly pulling on a bat ray or some sort of a shark leopard shark or a shovel nose shark or a pinback shark it's because you're leaving your bait laying on the bottom when you're when you're cast your bait out or drop it down to the bottom and it hits the bottom and you let it lay on the bottom The moment you allow your bait to lay on the bottom, you're no longer fishing for white sea bass. You might have thought you were. The boat you were on probably told you you were going white sea bass fishing. The people around you are probably catching white sea bass, but you are not actively engaged in the act of fishing for white sea bass. The moment your bait lays on the bottom, you've taken your bait out of the area where it has a... Any type of possibility of actually catching a white sea bass. We've seen and you've seen millions of videos of big giant schools of white sea bass swimming around the ocean. What you've never ever seen is a video of a white sea bass tail up, nose down in the mud, scrounging around in the mud looking for something to eat. That's not how the white sea bass fishes. That's not how they make their living. That's not where they get their food from. They don't get it from scrounging on the bottom. They get it from probably a foot off the bottom to the surface. Somewhere in that zone. A foot off the bottom to the surface. That's why when I show you the dropper loop, I say 12 to 18 inches above the sinker. That is what we talk about. Yeah, I got a couple of rod recommendations. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But that's the area. And don't forget, text the show on Friday. We're going to keep this little white sea bass thing going for a couple days right up into the weekend. But gang, when I show you the tie of the dropper loop, I show you the sinker sets on the bottom. And 12 to 18 inches above it is where your dropper loop is. Why is that? Because you're usually, when you're using a dropper loop, you're fishing for either a yellowtail or a white sea bass. And neither one of those fish feed on the bottom. They don't feed in the mud on the bottom. So it's imperative to keep your bait above the bottom of the ocean. Now, a lot of us like to fish. I personally like to use a very small lead head with a big hook, but small being the amount of lead on the head. Or I like to use a sliding sinker with a big six-aught thin wire hook. And I used to have a hook that I used to talk about, but they no longer sponsor the show. So we don't talk about that hook anymore. So you use whatever hook you want. I don't care. But what I'm going to tell you is the least amount of weight you can get away with, the better your chances of catching a white sea bass. Unless you're marking them on the squid nest down on the bottom, and that's when that dropper loop's going to come into play. And it's going to be very effective, or the white jig, which we can talk about later on. There's so many different ways to go about this white sea bass fishing. But today, tomorrow, we'll talk about fishing them on the bait grounds, fishing them out in that 150, excuse me, 90 to 150 feet of water out there on the bait grounds where the squid is. But today, we're talking about fishing them on the beach, fishing them on the beach on the backside of Catalina or at San Clemente Island or along the coast fishing them in the kelp fishing them along the coastline in the shallow waters that's when you're going to be fishing with that smaller sliding sinker or that smaller lead head as far as the weight goes always a big hook but not a lot of weight why because when i cast my bait out and it hits the water i want it to slowly sink through the water column i want it when it hits the water to slowly go through the water column. I don't want it to hit the water and shoot to the bottom. Nope, it's not gonna work. Fish don't have a chance to react to it. And what is on the bottom? We just talked about it. Down on the bottom, that's where the shovel-nose sharks and the bat rays and the leopard sharks. And I know a lot of you catch those all the time and no one ever told you. You gotta get your bait up off the bottom. Now, if you're using a dropper loop, sling that thing down to the bottom Tighten your drag up as tight as you can go. Stick the rod in the rod holder and make sure that only thing touching the bottom is every once in a while when the boat rolls, your sinker hits the bottom. Boink. Boink. But it shouldn't. the sinker shouldn't be laying on the bottom and there shouldn't be slack in your line because then your dropper loop will be laying on the bottom. It should be tapping the bottom as the boat rolls up and down. And this is very effective when you're fishing in that 30, 25 35 feet of water this is a very effective way well hello from south dakota both of my cars are registered in south dakota but listen gang the way i like to do it i like to put a rod in the rod holder on the dropper loop on the bottom that's an easy fish if that happens that's a bonus fish given by the higher power and we'll take it all day every day but i'll get that in the rod holder then what i do is i fish that sliding sinker and now what kind of how big of a slider quarter ounce half ounce is 99.9 percent of the time too big so i'm going to use a quarter ounce or maybe an eighth of an ounce i might drop down to an eighth of an ounce because all i want is that squid to sink down in the water column slowly i want him to go from zero to 35 feet in a very, very, very slow way. I don't want it to go hauling ass through there. I understand. I said it a couple times, but that's what it takes in this fishing industry to get people to understand. Everyone goes, why do you always repeat yourself? I've been doing this for a living for 48 or 47 years. Gang, for some reason, it takes three or four times for people to tell you. And I know a lot of you have listened to my seminars before. But this one of leaving your bait laying on the bottom is a huge pet peeve of mine when we're sea bass fishing because sea bass, well, when they bite, they're stupid and we catch them real easy. But presenting your boat in the proper position to be in the proper spot to get the proper bite when it's bite time, and then to turn around and see a guy standing there with a bunch of slack in his line and his bait laying on the bottom, and I'm like, All the way out, I told you about leaving your bait laying on the bottom. All day I talked about leaving your bait laying on the bottom. Now everybody on the boat's getting bit and you're still sitting there with your bait laying on the bottom. That's what makes me believe in my heart that I need to repeat myself. Just like don't put your thumb on the spool when you get a bite. I say that 10,000 times a day. And people do it all day, every day. And then they say they don't do it. And then we smell their thumb and find out they actually did it. So... When you throw your bait out, you want it to sink through the water column. What happens when it hits the bottom? Wind it back up and throw it back out. Fishing is fun. Fishing is work if you wanna do it right. If you wanna consistently put yourself in a position where you're gonna be able to catch fish every time you go, you gotta work. If you look at the people, Those of you that fish on a sport boat, if you look at the people that are constantly catching fish, and you go, wow, that Jeff Price, he's always getting bit. You don't see Jeff Price standing there at the rail, picking his nose, eating his boogers, rubbing his butt when he's fishing. You see him engaged in the act of fishing the whole time. He's either casting his bait, winding his bait back in, going to the bait tank, getting another bait. But it's constant movement. And I say Jeff Price because he's one of the best fishermen I know that rides sport boats consistently. But it's all about doing what the other people aren't doing. And that laying your bait on the bottom is crucial to not getting a bite. It is the 999 reason, or excuse me, the 9,000% reason why you're not getting bit. I got word jumbled there i'm sorry but the 90 99.9 of the reason why you don't get bit is because your bait's laying on the bottom when they're biting constantly be working your bait then we're talking about live squid here we can talk about mackerel tomorrow or friday we'll talk about mackerel ask your questions about how to use mackerel for bait on friday on the call and tomorrow we're going to talk about white sea bass on the bait grounds which is super going to happen I, I would almost guarantee you there's going to be a bait ground, coastal bait ground, giant white sea bass bite Southern California this early spring. This early spring is going to be pretty incredible. The amount of squid on the beach, you're going to see some unbelievable sea bass caught. That's when we start catching those 50 and 60 pound sea bass all the time, and you see fish in the 70 pounds. Why? Because there's no structure out in the mud and it's a bitchin' fishery out there in the mud. Why do we say the mud? Because that's what the bottom of the ocean looks like when you pull your anchor. It looks like it's covered in mud. But that's a different type of fishery. Today we're talking about fishing on the beach. I like to use this Cortez with straight braided line when I'm fishing on the beach or when I'm fishing any type of structure area with this braided line. This braided line is like a, uh, uh, a saw, if you will. It's very, very abrasive. So the braided line is soft steel. You get this. It's an Akuma product. It's very abrasive. If you run your finger down, you can feel it. This is what a kelp cutter rig is. This is going to 65-pound braid. This is going to saw that kelp in half when you're fishing. On the beaches on the backside of catalina are you fishing at san onofre are you fishing up at la jolla are you fishing all the way up at at point Fermin, Palos verdes kelp cutter rig is super important when i use a kelp cutter rig i'm using a very 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 short piece of 60 pound monofilum art fluorocarbon a very very short piece of opposite Floral carbon, 60 pound. Then I'm tying my lead head to this or my small sliding sinker and I'm casting this out. I'm fishing right in the water column, mostly in the upper to lower water column. A lot of people like to use balloons and a lot of people like to use bobbers and all that different stuff. I personally like to be holding my rod the whole time. So I like to be fishing it through the water column, get it back in, throw it back out, get it back in, work, 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 work. That's why I went fishing. I went fishing to engage in the act of fishing. I didn't go fishing to shove my rod in a rod holder, suck my thumb, pick my nose, wait for the fish to bite and wind them in. I want to be actively involved in the act of fishing the whole time. I want to cast my bait out. I want to feel it sink through the water column. Hit the bottom, wind it back up, back out again. I want to feel the little bites when they happen. I want rod right here. I want to feel the bite. I want to click it in gear. I want to wind the slack out. I want to set the hook. I want to feel all that. But like I said before, this fishing thing takes work. If you want to be successful, you cannot go sea bass fishing and just stand there and wait for it to happen. And you can't leave your bait laying in the bottom. Another trick that Alan Watson taught me, and he is the king of Catalina. He is the guy. He is the god. Owner, captain of the Dreamer, sport fishing out of Long Beach Harbor. He, While we were all fishing albacore, and tuna and everything back in the 80s, Alan was over at Catalina dissecting the island and picking it apart and figuring out this white sea bass thing and learning it. And as far as I'm concerned, him and Lasley are two of the very, very best white sea bass fishermen on the planet. You don't hear those two names very often. They're not internet superstars, but they are two of the very, very best in the business. And what Alan Watson taught me was those bigger sea bass. They don't like the squid when they grab them with the tentacles when they go to eat them and that squid spins around and grabs them with the tentacles or grabs them in the face when they're trying to swallow them or grabs them in the throat. They like the ones that are a little bit slower. Fresh dead is their favorite. But if you have a tank of live squid and what he taught me was when you hook that on your hook, lay it on the rail, slap it right on the head a little bit, slows it down then cast it out there. It's going to change how they go about it. They're going to like it when the squid isn't grabbing them. It's super important to do the little things that no one else is doing. It's super important that this all happens in When the boat is anchored on the spot and you're in position to have the fish bite, you want to do the little things that no one else is doing. You want to make sure that you're doing what it's going to take for you to get bit. So don't go out fishing lazily. Don't go out not doing all the things. And gang, super important is anchoring on the spot. This is one of the things most people that own a private boat don't do, they don't anchor. You wouldn't believe how many boats when I was doing strictly just my guide service, going with you on your boat, teaching you how to fish on your boat. And I did it for a lot of years. And I went on a lot of different boats. And the number one thing I heard was when I would ask about the anchor, I'd go, how much How much chain, how much rope? I don't know how long you had the boat two years have you ever dropped the anchor no are you kidding me that's why you're not catching so i like to use the cortez reel and i like to use the long pch rods the nine footers if you watch a lot of the hot dog sea bass fishermen they're using that longer rod it gives you better castability when you're throwing out towards the edges of the kelp but it has that softer tip that I've talked about so many times on my show, Lord Salty Dog. That longer rod is going to make it better for the cast. And also that nine-foot rod, you're going to have about a foot and a half of soft tip. So when you set the hook with that kelp cutter rig and you're fishing straight braid, you don't have a lot of give, but that tip will flex a little bit. When you set the hook, that's going to allow that tiny bit of give when you snap it as you crank the slack out of your line and you snap it to set the hook. If you don't have a softer tip and your rod is solid and you snap it like that, there's a good chance you're gonna break your piece of fluorocarbon. You're gonna have, you have to pull pretty damn hard to break the braid, but that piece of fluorocarbon you have between your braid and your hook, that's what's gonna snap when it has that quick snap when you set the hook. So that's why I like to use the PCH heavy rod, not extra heavy, just heavy for fishing these sea bass along the beaches and along the kelp. And when we go off tomorrow and talk about fishing on the, hey, honey, you have to go pick up candy. When I talk about tomorrow fishing the bait grounds, we're going to talk about a different rod and a different way to do it. And you don't really need that soft tip because it's not a, it's not a finesse fishery. It's more of a meat fishery out on the background. So it's a whole different thing. But as far as fishing on the beaches, you better have a longer rod, softer tip and that 65 pound braid and 60 pound floral, because they're normally not lying shy when they're swimming through there. They're just looking for food, but you don't want your line to break when you set the hook. And also, that softer tip is going to allow you, as that fish pulls, it's gonna pull one way, I'll grant the tip back and forth like this. And if you feel this, or if you put this up against a little piece of wood and rub it back and forth like that, it'll actually start to cut it like a hacksaw. This is very abrasive. The braided line is very, very abrasive, and it's going to cut that kelp right off and allow you to pull that fish in. What you don't want to do, though, is have your drag loose because then the fish are going to get deeper and deeper into the kelp. You want your drag tight and then you want that tip, that soft tip to be the play as the line goes back and forth across that stringer of kelp and then ends up cutting it. So this is these are some of the things that I think you need to know when you go white sea bass fishing. But I think the thing that's going to be a game changer for most of you is getting your bait off the bottom. I really believe that's the number one problem most people make when they fish sea bass is leaving their bait laying on the bottom. Gang, don't forget to stop by our store. Don't forget to check out all the bitchin' products Okuma makes. They have everything you need in as far as rods and reels go to catch fish. I love the Cortez series reels. These things are bulletproof. We use them all the time. I used them all the time on on, uh, my charter boat up in Dana Point. They stood up very, very well there. And I use them all the time down here too. The Cortez 5 is a bulletproof reel. It reminds me of the old Squitter Juniors. This thing works flawlessly. Day in and day out, I love this reel. And check out the PCH rod series. Do yourself a favor, gang. You got three days left, and then the holiday, the holiday package is gone. And I guarantee you, my prices are going to go up this coming year. I don't know if you've seen what's going on, but uh, everything else on the planet Earth is going up. Your saltwater guide's going to go up. Take advantage of it. You're going to get involved in it anyway. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. I'm adding an app. They're building it right now. It'll be available in the middle of February. It'll it'll be an app. And you won't have to pay for it if you already have. bought. anybody that's in is in. It. You're going to automatically have access to the app. But I'm just letting you know, the app has been paid for. The app is being made. It's going to be free spectacular. And I guarantee you, it'll be ready in February. But I guarantee you, when we launch it in February, you're not going to see that $200 number ever again. You will not see it. And you will remember, well, damn, Dave, I'm not begging you to do it. Believe me, I want your money. And it's not going to change. Kelly and I are going to eat just fine today. I'm just trying to help you. You got three days left for the holiday bonus package. That's all the bundles, all, all four of the bundles. That's a one-year membership. The bundles you'll never, ever buy again as long as you're a member. And you get the membership, which is $110 value. Each bundle is $100. The Swordfish Deep Drop bundle is $150. You get all that for $200. You get all the hot spots. You get all the game plans. You get the... Deep drop, you get the personal forums, you get a one-year membership for 200 bucks. Are you kidding me? Okay, that's what it's going to take to fill up your Suburban this afternoon with gas so you can go drive across the street. Go to my store, check out my store, look at the swag we got there, that energy into the contest. Don't forget to be wearing one of these shirts at the PCS show on the March 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Kelly and I will be there. Unfortunately... We can't bring our monkey into California, so Marley won't be there, but we'll have plenty of pictures of him. Gang, check out all the cool stuff available at yoursaltwaterguide.com. Don't hesitate to get the holiday package because it's gone on January 1st. I'll see you all tomorrow. Be kind to each other. Turn off the news. They're all lying to you. Kelly and I are going to the beach. It's way too hot to sit in this house. You guys have a great day. Enjoy this beautiful weather in Southern California. We're off to the beach. Woohoo! That was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. We're done.